Welcome to our world, Jesus. On that night that Jesus was born, there was no fanfare. There was no parade. Most people in that area didn't even know what was happening. Except for a few shepherds that were out on a hillside. Today we are, and as we regularly do with our Christmas Eve service, we worship with candlelight. And part of the reason why we do that is because of a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9 that I want to read a couple of verses to you. One of my favorite passages of Scripture when it comes to uh, the prophecy of the Messiah coming. In Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Verse 6, For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government 
will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and his peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. We were those people who walked in darkness, and we have seen his light. The first people to know about the birth of Jesus Christ, other than his mother and father, were some shepherds that were living out in the fields. In Luke chapter 2, a few verses I want to read to you, beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Will you stand with us today? And let's begin worshiping with the angels, angels from the realms of glory. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. And angels from the realms of glory Wing your flight o'er all the earth Ye who sang creation's story Now proclaim Messiah's birth So come and worship, come and worship Worship Christ the Shine, see. 
praise to the Lord today. God, we come to worship your son, the newborn king, but not only the newborn king, the one who lived and died and rose again and is alive today and interceding for us. And so, Lord, today, as we spend these moments in worship, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move among us. God, speak to us today. Challenge our hearts and change us. Encourage us today in the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all said together, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, Merry Christmas. You guys look great today. I mean, not that you don't always look great, but wow, that was a little, I was started to dig myself a hole, didn't I, right there? But it's great to see you in the house of the Lord today. If you are new, if you've never been to CTC before, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, whether you're here in the room or whether you're worshiping with us online, if you're new today, we have an online uh, campus that worships with us at this hour. So uh, we're not the only ones worshiping together at this particular point, but uh, we welcome all those that are worshiping online today. If you're new and you're in the room, uh, when you leave the sanctuary today on the left-hand side of the mall is our Connect Central uh, that's a place where you can stop and pick up information about our church, ask any questions that you might have, meet some folks from the church, and pick up a free gift that we have for you. So we encourage you to stop by there. If you're new and you're online, uh, there's an I'm new here button on the upper right-hand corner of the screen. You can click that, and it will take you to our Connect card. And you can fill out that Connect card and just give us uh, the, the basic information that we ask for. So again, if you're new and you're here in the room, back to that connect card you can fill that out and uh, just give us uh, some basic information so we can thank you for your visit get you some information about the church and we promise not to misuse that information also on those connect cards you can uh, let us know about prayer requests and praise reports Uh, you can share those with us and whether you're new or whether you're a regular attender we've been talking about this for the last few weeks and that is it's really important for us and i think for for you also that i i know you might get kind of tired of filling out the card each week, but it really helps us know when folks are here and when folks are not here. Because in a room this size, we can go back during the week and we can say, well, is so-and-so here this week? Well, I don't remember. Well, did they fill out a card? Not sure. So uh, the office has just been asking me to encourage you to just take a couple of minutes and fill that out. And uh, just so we know that you're here. Uh, so that we can rejoice when we see you, and so we can check on you when we don't see you. Is that fair? All right. Uh, Also, uh, I think I said this already, but on those Connect cards, you can give us prayer requests and praise reports, and uh, we will be faithful to pray over those uh, during the week. All right? Well, we're going to take a couple of minutes and check out some of the activities going on around our church. everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. As we approach the new year, we want to make you aware of some important congregational meetings coming up. First, we will have a town hall meeting on Sunday, January 14th at 1230 p.m. at our Ellesmere campus. 
This meeting will be to further discuss the elders' proposals to join the Global Methodist Church. Then on Saturday, February 3rd at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus, we will meet to vote on that proposal. Absentee ballots may be requested by calling the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or emailing Gwen Montague at gmontague at ctcde.church. Absentee ballots must be requested by January 20, 2024. Our Early Education Center has an immediate opening for a full-time kitchen manager at the Bear Campus. The hours are 6 a.m. till 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. This job involves coordinating meals for our preschool, senior center, hope lunch, and other activities. If you would like to learn more about this position, you can visit our website or contact Shelley Strickland at sstrickland at ctcde.church. Everyone is invited to join us on December 31st from 8 until 9.30 p.m. for a watch night service. We will take time to worship, celebrate God's faithfulness to CTC, and receive communion together. We also invite you to join us on that night for a family celebration potluck meal at 6 p.m. We ask that you please bring your favorite dish that is large enough to serve 8 to 10 people. To learn more or to sign up, contact Sandy Sturgis at 302-345-4551. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful to see all of you here this morning. A Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you online. We're so glad that you're with us this morning as we gather together at Christ the Cornerstone. Uh, Pastor Bill was talking about things that we do here, and I just want to remind us of, of the way that we do things at Christ the Cornerstone. We love, we serve, and we engage. We experience God's love in our lives. We, we use our abilities and our gifts and our talents. That means you've got a place. You've got a purpose. Whether it's here or, or at work or in your family or whatever, God has a plan and a purpose for you, and it is our job to, to serve God and to serve others with the gifts that He's given to us. And then to engage one another, to support each other, to pray for each other, to, to engage the world and those outside with this great message of Jesus Christ. And so one of the ways that we engage is with these little cards, and Pastor Bill mentioned that to you, so if you haven't taken it yet, please do so, and just write your name on it. I was sitting next to my son, and he said, will you fill out the card for me? He's 29 years old. He can fill out his own card. But I filled it out for him because I'm a dad. And that's what, that's what we're going to do. But anyway, I took the card out of one of the tables and filled it out. So yes, I do fill out my own card, so please do so with yours. Drop them in the, in the baskets that are either in the back of the room or along the hallways as you leave this morning. And that's also where you can place your, an offering if you have an offering to give. Uh, we, we want to uh, practice uh, generosity here at Christ the Cornerstone and to give uh, sacrificially and to give generously. Not because church needs to keep bills go paid and things like that or pay staff 
Although those are important things. But we, we believe that the ministry that we do together is life-changing for so many people. And that is worth contributing and giving uh, sacrificially for that. God teaches us to give uh, sacrificially. In fact, we have these verses that we read every week. A different verse that teaches us how to use the money that God gives to us and provide for us. So let's read one of those verses together out loud today. Let's read this together. Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. In other words, trust me with everything. Hope that you'll do that. Well, we're here to celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ as He takes on flesh, as He becomes human and shares life with us in order that we can know that life that God has for us through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's stand together as we continue to worship and pray, uh, as I pray, uh, leading us back into a time of singing as we worship God. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for Your kindness that You give to us by sending Your Son, Jesus Christ. God became human so that we can know You so that You can restore all of humanity, all of creation, in a way that You plan, that You desire. We worship You this morning. God, help us as we sing these songs or as we listen to these songs to pay attention to the words, because in singing these songs, we are proclaiming truths that when we practice these truths, change our lives and lead us into everlasting life with you. And then, God, as we hear your, your scriptures this morning, we pray that you will open our ears and open our eyes, teach us something new, inspire us with something, so that when we leave this morning, we will be changed in order that we can share with other people the life-changing love that you give to us. We didn't come here this morning just to serve ourselves to get something, to have a sentimental experience at Christmas. We came here this morning, Jesus, to lift up you and to praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. could have stepped into creation with fire for all to see, brought every tribe and nation to their knees.
cradle, from cradle to the cross, let heaven and nature sing, this is our King. But the grave couldn't hold Him, our God is overcome, let heaven and nature sing, this is our King. From heaven to the cradle, from cradle to the cross. in our world today with what we know about kings and rulers for a king to come and rule from a manger but when the king of kings and the lord of lords occupies that manger that's exactly what it's become pastor prayed a few moments ago we haven't come here for us we've come here to worship christ the newborn king amen and oh come let us Adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. And oh, i 
praise to you. Come on and give worship and praise, adoration, honor, and glory to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we join today with the angels and the heavenly host and all those that proclaimed his name. Glory to the newborn King. Amen. And hark the herald angels sing glory to the new
Give praise to the Lord today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you laid down all your royalty and came to be born in a humble manger. So today, Lord Jesus, we worship you as the baby in the manger, but also the risen King, the risen Lord, the risen Savior. So God, today, as we continue, as Pastor Roger comes this morning with our message and As we sing with candles in a few moments, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move among us. Bring us your peace, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So glad that's not my phone. Sounds just like mine. I got nervous for a second. Good morning again. I want to invite the children, if you'll come forward, and uh, I want to have a story that I want us to, to read together this morning. And uh, probably it will be familiar if you want to come down and sit right down here on the floor uh, in front of me, and, uh, and uh, let's read this familiar story again. You've heard of Ebenezer Scrooge? Yeah. Yeah, of course you have. And uh, so I'm going to read a, a, a version of this story this morning, and uh, obviously called A Christmas Carol. Did you know that's the real title of it? You know, Ebenezer Scrooge is not the title. It's called A Christmas Carol, written many, many years ago by a man named Charles Dickens. And uh, this one is a shorter, much shorter version uh, told by a guy named Tony Mitten, and the illustrations that I've got are, um, what's his name, Mike Redmond. So, it goes like this. In London town, there lived a man. His fortune, it was huge. But he was mean and miserly, old Ebenezer Scrooge. And our story starts on Christmas Eve as a day was dying down. Old Scrooge sat checking his accounts as ever with a frown. His clerk, Bob Cratchit, sat nearby, scratching with his quill. From time to time, he rubbed his hands to warm them from the chill. For Scrooge, being mean and miserly, would keep his chamber cold. The way he measured out the coal, you'd think that it were gold. The office clock chimed closing time. Bob Cratchit gave a cough. Tomorrow's Christmas Day, sir. So may I take it off? Scrooge gave Bob a narrow look. A day off? If you must. But I won't pay you for that day. His voice was dry as dust. Poor Bob Cratchit nodded nervously. Sir, Merry Christmas then. Christmas? Humbug, Scrooge replied. A feast for foolish men. Scrooge closed up his office. He went back to his room. He ate his bowl of lonely gruel surrounded by the gloom. But then the mournful ghost appeared of Marley, his dead friend. I warn you, Scrooge, to mend your ways before you meet your end. Scrooge merely muttered, Humbug! You're just a puff of smoke. Don't talk to me of kindness. And Christmas cheer? That's a joke changed into his nightgown and tucked himself in bed. 
And as he blew his candle out, Christmas! Bah! he said. But as the darkness gathered, a figure with white hair came shining straight towards him. Scrooge murmured, Who goes there? I am the ghost of Christmas past, and you must come with me, for I have things to show you, things that you must see. So they floated through the chilly air till Scrooge let out a groan. He saw his boyhood self, so sad, sitting quite alone. The other boys had all gone home to family Christmas cheer, leaving poor young Scrooge at school, so silent, cold, and drear. Then he saw his young man's self, rejecting hour by hour the chance of love and happiness to gain more wealth and power. Oh, ghost, the miser murmured, these memories bring me pain. I pray that you leave them in the past. Oh, take me home again. Suddenly, Scrooge felt himself transported to such a startling scene. His room was full of festive fare and a jolly giant dressed in green. I am the ghost of Christmas present, come to show you more. I bring you Christmas here and now for both folk rich and poor. They flew through many a bustling street where cheerful people shopped. They came by upon Bob Cratchit's house, and there the giant stopped. Although the scene was bare and poor, it shone with care and love. Scrooge felt a tug upon his heart while gazing from above. Bob Cratchit's crippled son was there, so pallid, frail, and ill. Will Tiny Tim recover? Scrooge whispered. Oh, say, he will. The giant, silent, flew him on to view the working poor who grimly toiled by night and day to swell the rich folks' store. Scrooge witnessed how they labored. They had no choice. They must. They worked their bitter lives away to earn a meager crust. Then, as the vision faded, Scrooge found himself in bed. A hooded shape approached him, which filled his heart with dread. The ghost of Christmas future within his mind, he heard. The silent spirit took him with neither look nor word, and they floated to Bob Cratchit's house where sorrow filled the air, for Tiny Tim lie dying, a sight Scrooge could not bear. The silent spirit led him on to a corpse beneath a veil. Oh, whose is this, cruel specter? Scrooge trembled and grew pale. The spirit said nothing to him, but led poor Scrooge away, to a drear, deserted graveyard graveyard where a lone and plain grave lay. And there upon the gravestone, Scrooge saw his name shone clear. I beg you, Spirit, tell me, does my own death draw near? The ghost stayed still and silent as light began to rise. It merged into his bedposts before his very eyes. Then was this real or just a dream? I have a chance to make amends and spread some Christmas cheer. Scrooge ran to pull up, pull the window up. A boy was passing by. Say, what's today? He shouted. The boy gave this reply. Why, Christmas Day, of course, sir. Scrooge said, I'm not too late to put some Christmas turkey on poor Bob Cratchit's plate. 
paid the boy a shilling to take a turkey there. And then he went to buy some gifts for the Cratchits, all to share. And later when he called upon them to spread some Christmas fun, Tiny Tim cried heartily, God bless us, everyone. Then as they sat to dinner, Scrooge made a Christmas vow to be a better boss to Bob and pay him well from now. But more than that, he'd use his wealth to help the sick and poor. For what's the point of money that gathers dust in store? That's how Scrooge the miser was changed to Scrooge the man who keeps as kind a Christmas as any person can. So let's do like dear old Scrooge as Christmas time draws near, near and fill the world with peace and love, with kindness and good cheer. The end. Woo-hoo. So what did Scrooge learn? What say? He learned a lesson. What was the lesson that Scrooge learned? To be nice. To be kind to others. Did he he learn to be kind to to others tomorrow or the next day or the next day or in the future? Every day, which means right here, right now. Catherine. He learned that he shouldn't just store up all of his money. He should use it for good because there are people around us here and now that need us to share our things with them and to be generous with them. Yeah, you guys listened very well. Sup, Nolan? Decided to come and join us finally. There you are. Hope you guys are having a good Christmas. Let's say a prayer together and that'll let you go back to your seats. Dear Jesus, we thank you for being with us today in this time that we can celebrate you and listen to your teachings. We thank you for the change that you bring to our lives and helping us to be content with what we have. God, as we get to our Christmas presents tomorrow or maybe today or whenever it may be, help us to rejoice with the people who are around us here and now. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys, for sitting here. Listening to a story. Yay. So in our series this <clears throat> this Christmas season, we're looking at the idea of finding contentment, calling it our winter of contentment. And as we've kind of explored this idea of contentment, it's really kind of convicting me in some ways. And it's, contentment is not quite as easy, even though that that's something that Jesus calls us to. And we learned a couple of weeks ago, uh, we defined contentment very simply. And each week we're looking at some kind of aspect, the, something that we can do to bring contentment into our lives. And today I want us to focus on the idea that contentment comes to us when we, let me look at my note, what is the word? To live fully present in the here and now. God calls us to live today, not worry about tomorrow, not be concerned about what happened yesterday. But here's, here's a phrase, to live fully in the present is to live grounded in Jesus Christ. To live fully in the present here and now is to live grounded in Jesus Christ. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And this is part of, certainly part of the Christmas story. Pastor Bill, you know, we're all used to the, the shepherds and the, and, and the angels and all that. But the book of Matthew 
tells the, the birth of Christ a little bit differently. And this is how Matthew describes it. Oh, I keep forgetting that I have to look at my phone for, for uh, this because I don't have it on my paper. Pardon me. There we go. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. You are to name him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. And the name Jesus sounds like the Hebrew name for Savior. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, who said, Look, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. But that doesn't sound anything like Jesus. But Emmanuel means God is with us. Here now, God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus, Savior. We have no greater proof, no greater experience of God being with us than having a friendship with God through the person of Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, the Chosen One. It is through Jesus who grounds us in the here and now that gives us the experience of God our Creator in this world here and now. And if we're looking for peace, if we're looking for contentment in our lives, it comes through our friendship with God through Jesus Christ. To live fully present, as I said, is to live grounded in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be grounded in Christ Jesus. It means that we confess our need for Him. It means that we, we place uh, uh, the foundation of our life on Him. It means that we place ourselves inside His teaching. We ask Him to be part of our lives, to fill us with His Holy Spirit, to teach us, to guide us, to help us think the way He thinks, to, and place ourselves in Him. Jesus is God with us. To do all these things that are essential to live a life here and now, today. Living in the present means that we are not anxious about tomorrow and we don't worry any longer about the past. The things that I have done. The things that I've done wrong or the things that I've done right. They're in the past. I'm living here and now. Many of us get anxious about many things. Anybody here not ever experienced anxiety? <laughs> if you raise your hand, I'll say, just talk to the person that you're with and say, well, when have I experienced anxiety? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and what Jesus teaches us, Paul describes in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 says this. It says, don't 
worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Why? Or what happens then? When we do those things, verse 7 says, then you will experience God's peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. This is a letter that Paul has written to the people who, to the Christians who live in the city of Philippi. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. What is honorable, not what will be honorable or what was honorable, but what is true and honorable. God has placed His presence, His truth, His honor, His love with us here and now for us to experience today through Him. So fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice here and now all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Do what Jesus teaches us to do here and now, and you will experience the outcome of what presence with God is like. Contentment, peace, endurance, strength, wisdom, forgiveness, hope, purpose, healing. All these things that we crave, that we desire to be real in our lives, things that we recognize. We don't have these things right now, but in Jesus we can. And I know I'm not, I'm not speaking too, I'm not using hyperbole, I'm not exaggerating, because God can give to us this peace even in the midst of great difficulty in our lives. And that's the part, as I read, this is peace that exceeds our own understanding. I can't tell you how many times that I've gone to visit somebody in the hospital and I've, and I've prayed with them. And even though they're, they're going through terribly frightening times, and even though in the hospital they're, they're sitting there, they're lying in the bed, God, get me through this experience. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't know if I will get through it, God. And then once I get through this, how do I recover? And then once I recover, how do I pay for this? Don't worry about these things. Those are still all things that are to come. And they will have to be dealt with. But it's in the future. Trust me now in this moment and I will give you peace that goes beyond your understanding. Trust me with this. Rest in me. And you will experience these things. This is, this is what God promises to us. doesn't necessarily mean that our circumstances are going to immediately change. But we have a sense of calm. A sense of contentment. A confidence in our lives. That God will show us the way. God will provide for us. God will bring healing to us. As He's already bringing. We don't have to panic. We don't have to 
have anxiety? This is a way. Now I'm going to, I'm going to show you a, a little TikTok video that my daughter sent to me because young people, especially in this world today, are filled in a world where anxiety is, is epidemic. And we don't know how to deal with the anxiety, but I'm saying a relationship with Jesus Christ helps us deal with the anxiety that we feel in this world. And whether you're a young person, whether a child, a, a, a young adult, a middle-aged person, or an older adult, we all have to learn how to deal with our anxieties. And, and I'm saying it never gets easier. And I have to constantly say, Jesus, I need your help. I'm feeling this anxiety today. So my daughter sent me this little TikTok video of this, this doctor who's, who's, who's not, not necessarily discovered, but he's found a way to help somebody who's experiencing a panic attack to get through it, and it has to do with candy. So the beginning of this is very quick, so hopefully I set, set you up. But he's talking about uh, eating a warhead's candy when you're having a panic attack. So let's watch the video. It goes pretty quick. Warhead at the first sign of anxiety or a panic attack. And as a doctor, I can tell you this actually works really well, and I've shared it with a lot of my patients. So the act of consuming something intensely sour diverts the attention away from the panic attack. Then engaging the taste buds and focusing on the sensory experience disrupts the anxiety cycle. Interestingly, the sour taste triggers a physical response. That sour face expression that we all make and the muscles contract, well, that helps release tension. And as you all know, sour warheads are sweet at the end. This creates a pleasurable experience, signaling the brain to release dopamine, and that creates a positive, rewarding association with overcoming the panic attack. So, next time anxiety knocks on your door, don't panic. Pop a sour candy instead. Share this with someone who really needs to hear this. I just did. So the warhead, taking the warhead, the shock of the sour, causes even your muscles to contract, distracting you from whatever it is, uh, keeping you in that anxious moment, worrying about something in the future or regretting something from the past. your, Your whole body gets involved. Your brain changes just from the silly little candy. Now, not an advertisement for Warheads candies. It's just, but did you notice that what he said, what he described in that process was the sour shocks you out of being out there someplace, grounds you into the present. That's the point of the message. Live presently in the presence of God. And then there's that sweet little ending to, to, the, to the warhead candy that sends that dopamine rush to your brain that says, hey, this is a good thing. Getting out of anxiety is a good thing. Yes, it is. Now, I'm not saying, you know, the Bible said, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Do these things, and then you will have God's peace in your life. I'm not replacing any of that with a warhead's candy. But here's, here's one of the ways that God created us as human beings. He created us to not live under the oppression of constant anxiety. God does not want that for us. So even in our natural lives, there are ways to get rid of the anxiety. But I'm also saying this, and primarily this, in our spiritual lives, the peace of God transforms us. And we experience that through our friendship with Jesus Christ. Who is God? Who, and let me, read this, let me read this scripture from another part of the book of Philippians. And this is, how Jesus, this is what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has left his place in the heavens. He has come down, and this is how present Jesus has become with humanity. He took on flesh. 
God became human. You can't be any more present in humanity than that. Just as you are present here. God the Creator took on flesh. And this is how Paul, the Apostle Paul describes it in Philippians chapter 2. It says, though He was God, Jesus, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. You understand what Jesus is doing here? Instead, He gave up. He released. He did not claim His divine privileges. He gave it up. And He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. He gave it up. And when He appeared in human form, He humbled Himself in obedience to God. Now let's think about that phrase for just a moment. As he, he grew up as a child, we watched little little Nolan walk through here with, without you know he, he didn't he, he wasn't necessarily controlled he was going where he wanted to. I'm not complaining. I'm not criticizing mom and dad for for letting Nolan walk around. I'm glad Nolan had that freedom. But as Nolan grows up, Nolan has got to learn how to function in this world. He's got to submit himself. And I know Nolan's parents, and I know that they're teaching him how to. Be obedient to them in this world. They're teaching him how to be obedient to God as well. That's the job of parents. That's our job, to teach our children to grow up, to be not just obedient to mom and dad, but obedient to God. That's that's our task. And so Jesus did the same thing. Jesus was taught by his father here, Joseph, and his mother here, Joseph. His, His aunts and uncles and cousins, they lived life together and Jesus had to choose to be obedient, not just to mom and dad here, but to his heavenly father. And he became so obedient that he died a criminal's death on the cross because that was God's plan for Jesus. But therefore, because Jesus submitted and surrendered and obeyed his heavenly father, God reached down into that grave and raised Jesus back up to that place of honor and gave Him the name that is above every name so that at that name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what Jesus has done for us. That's what we celebrate. Like I said earlier, you didn't come here to just have a nice cozy feeling about on Christmas Eve. You came here to worship Jesus who came, who took on humanity and Brazil. So what do we do about that? How do we experience that? I've already said it, but let me say it again. We have that relationship, that friendship with Jesus because Jesus has done this. He stands between you and God. And Jesus is the one looking at you and looking at all of your life. And you're looking, Jesus is staring you in the eyes. And you're seeing the perfection of Jesus. And you're saying, Jesus, there is no way that I can be like what you created me to be. I have already ruined my life. But Jesus, because he died on the cross, he looks at you and he says, I forgive you. And he says, I am standing between you and God, my heavenly father. And because I forgive you, I hold out my hand. 
And I want to introduce you to my daddy. And that's what Jesus says. And come and experience peace in your life. So I invite you to receive that gift. The little email that I sent out uh, Friday afternoon said, you got to open the gift. Jesus has given us the gift of new life. Don't let it sit there without you grabbing hold of it and saying, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me all my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for giving my life purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for, for, for guiding me every day. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing to, to remember no more all those sins that I've done. And God, I know, I know, I know that probably tomorrow I'm going to say something stupid to my wife or to my child or I'm not going to want to do the job that I'm supposed to do and I'm going to, have, I'm going to get jealous of my neighbor or I'm going to get jealous and I know, God, you forgive me for all those sins that I'm going to commit and I'm going to confess them and ask you to continue to change my life. That is friendship with Jesus that brings peace to our lives. Do you have that? Would you like to have that? I invite you to have that by simply offering a prayer to Jesus today, saying, God, I know who you are. I'm sorry I lived my life that way. I'm sorry I neglect you. I'm sorry I ignore you. I'm sorry that I listen to to, to people who don't believe in you, who say there is no Jesus. You're not who you say you are. You weren't born from a virgin. We really know how that works. Somebody's just not telling the truth. What if it is the truth? And through that truth, you experience this peace that you're longing for. Let's stand together as we conclude our service this morning and and worshiping God. And I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to say, Jesus, I trust in you. Maybe you made that decision a long time ago, so today it just becomes an affirmation of what you've already experienced. But maybe there's something in your life that you haven't, there's some anxiety that you have not, that you have, you're waiting for God to, to take care of this. Jesus, I, take, I, I surrender this again to you. Come Holy Spirit and be present with me. As we sing this song, I invite you to come and just pray. If you want to come and kneel at the platform area to, to pray, maybe this is just a sign of your, uh, your decision, your commitment to come kneel here and pray. If you want to meet with somebody at one of the prayer stations that are in the back corners of this room, I invite you to do so. If you want to pray with somebody online, you can just ask somebody to pray with you online and they'll be glad to pray with you there. As we're led in these songs, let's just pray together. And let Jesus come and minister to us in this way. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your peace that you give to us. Peace that passes understanding. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing to leave the heavenly realms. Your position. You were there at creation, the Bible teaches us. But you gave it up. In order to become a humble infant child. You broke through the natural world in a way that we don't understand, but we trust that you did. And you lived a life as a child. You grew up as a teenager. You were a young adult. You learned things. You got a trade. You worked. And then you shared the truth of God with others. You died on the cross. But you rose from the grave so that we can have new life. Lord, we ask you to Give each one of us the sense of peace this morning that instead of worry and anxiety, living in the future or 
living in the past. We live in the present today. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to come and pray, you can do that now. Throughout the service today, we've been periodically lighting these candles all over the stage, as you've seen, as you've noticed. And you might wonder why we've been doing them at different times. Jesus' light has come into the world, and he shines his light in our heart for all of us to receive. But we're all in a different place on that journey, and we all receive it at different times. But the point is that Jesus wants all of us to have that light in us. So as we worship today and as we sing, we invite you to come and pray or sing from right where you are. And silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright.
and
God, we thank you for that holy night. That night in Bethlehem. When time split. That night in Bethlehem. When our Savior, the Messiah, had finally come. We thank you, Jesus, for the light that you shine in each of us. The light that we carry with us. God, help us today, even as we extinguish our candles before we go, this outward representation of what you're doing inside of us. Help that light not to go out in us. But as we share food around tables with our family and our friends and over the next few days, and as we walk this life that you've called us to live, that that, that, that light would shine on other people and that they would know you that that light would shine in them. Lord, help us to take that light everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. We want to thank you so much for worshiping with us this weekend. We hope that your family gatherings are blessed and that relationships are strengthened and that God is going to do mighty things in our families and in our marriages through this Christmas season. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for worshiping with us.